Hey everybody, this is Free Food for Thought, a student-run, student-focused podcast here to feed your curiosity. I'm Justin Ongchen. And I'm Nathaniel Worley. Today, we're sitting down with Elizabeth Ito, a Peabody Award winner for her Netflix series, City of Ghosts, and Emmy-winning director for her work on Adventure Time. Elizabeth Ito has been working as a creator, writer, director, and storyboard artist in the animation industry since 2004 on TV, feature, and commercial projects. Her first series, City of Ghosts, premiered in 2021 and won a Peabody Award in 2022. Elizabeth, thank you so much for being here today. Uh, we're both really excited to have you here and uh, be able to hear more about your story. Thanks for having me here. I'm, I'm glad to be here. <laughs> awesome. Just um, jumping right into it. Uh, one question I like to ask creators is like, what was the journey? Like, what, what was their path? And, you know, I feel like there's a lot of people out there with this um, the creative side within them, but they're they're too afraid to like fully commit, either because it's just uncertainty or risk about the future. They don't know how it will turn out, and you know, I was just wondering if we could kind of get the inner perspective from yourself. Yeah, I mean, I grew up as somebody that I think just really loved to draw and write stories and come up with ideas like that from a really young age. Um, most of the reason that I drew was to sort of get out my emotions and get out my feelings. So I think um, it just became something that uh, like I just practiced without really thinking about it as being practice. Um and as I was growing up, I thought about, you know, what do you, what I wanted to be when I grow up. And I think initially I wanted to be like a children's book illustrator and writer, because uh, it seemed like that was just something that I enjoyed, I enjoyed reading and looking at. Um, and just sort of as you get older or like look into what careers actually are, I think my parents were always like, well, you know, you, you say you want to be an artist, but like what what is that there's so many different kinds of things that can be um and i mean i didn't really know until i went to this high school program where um, it was like a state-funded thing here in california where you could learn a, a certain type of art so i think one of the options was animation uh and i tried it out not knowing what it was going to be like and it turned out to be uh just pretty much perfect for me like it combined all these things like that i liked um like filmmaking and music and timing and drawing uh storytelling all these things together um in one like medium uh so i was hooked and i figured out this this is kind of what i want to do um at the time it felt like it was late because there's some people that know from when they're in high school from before that that they want to do this as a job so they kind of like gear everything they do just like anybody like who wants to be a doctor you would gear your academics and your training to like getting into med school and there's definitely some people who like artistically are like that um i wasn't necessarily like that like i wasn't prepared for it as a career um but I think like I figured out really quick, uh, like Cal Arts was a really good school to go to. And just like, there's also, there's tons of other schools you can choose just depending on what you need. So um, yeah, it kind of all started there. I didn't really know if I was gonna be able to make it like as a job though, to be totally honest. And if you don't mind me asking, what was the kind of that, I guess that point where you're like, okay, I think I've enough confidence in myself to, to, to go ahead and like, and pursue this like I'm confident in my ability to pursue animation um I think part of it was uh that's what I um 
looked for in the schools that I went to. So um, initially I went to UCLA because I first tried to get into CalArts and I didn't get in. Um, so that was pretty disappointing. But even I think going to UCLA, I thought, well, um, what do I like to do? I like to read stories. I like to write. So um, I I went there as an English major and that's sort of what I graduated there as. And um, I think that really helped uh, just in general, like lead to... Um, just confidence in storytelling and writing uh, was a big, a big, a bigger deal than I thought it was going to be. I think when I very first uh, started down that path, um, honestly, I think what gave me confidence eventually to to pursue um, like employment as that was like the training that I had with both storytelling and with um, drawing and the the technical side of it from CalArts. I think I felt like. Um, I was pretty good at it uh, because I had been trained by other people that um, know how to do jobs in animation. Yeah, and I think what, what I'm kind of interested in, um, just kind of a slightly different direction from that topic, but um, as far as like inspiration and finding it, um, when you're just like out and about in LA doing your thing, um, I, I noticed on your Instagram, um, it, it looks like you journal a lot. Uh, so I was just curious, like, do you often just find yourself like at a coffee shop or taking a walk and you just see something and you're like, wow, like that's so LA and you just like draw it in your journal. Um, like where does your creative process often start? I think I look around a lot of times for things that um, like are humorous to me or that um, just like maybe have an interesting look to them. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's just things that are um, like maybe not in most people's <laughs> main field of vision. I'm not sure. It's a good question. Um, but I'm definitely inspired by my environment. So like... I think I try to choose places that, um, like, sometimes it's even choosing places that aren't that popular because it gives you more, um, just, like, less noise around things so that you can notice, like, really, really specific things about the environment you're in. I mean, I think that's what I enjoy about traveling is noticing those little things. But L.A. in particular has a lot of... Um, just nice moments to to look at and to focus on. I think sometimes that gets lost in like the bigger picture of how people perceive LA. But um, for sure, it's like the communities that you're in, um, the vibe of the people that are in those communities. Like all that's really always really um, entertaining to me. <laughs> mm. Yeah, because um, when I when I was doing this research for this interview, um, something that I was thinking about was um, I had a conversation yesterday about like car culture in LA. And, um, I spent this past summer in New York. And, uh, one thing I really enjoyed about it was being able to just like take the subway, walking around everywhere. You see so many different people, everyone doing their own thing. And then it's like here, like you just see like cars and it's kind of like the car takes on the personality. Um, so yeah, like, I don't know. I not being from LA, um, myself, I'm from Dallas. Um, can you just hype up LA for me? Just like, <laughs> what, what do you most like about the city? Uh, I think I, I like that. There's just a lot of, I don't know. It's like a lot of variety and a lot of, um, uh, like, 
cultural kind of like if you had like a cultural Venn diagram of different things that overlap each other there's just so many layers here to unpack that it it would it would it takes a long time <laughs> to know to know all of it I think um if I'm really basic I would say there's so much different kinds of food to try here because of that and um, that's something that's really interesting to me just like the ways that you'll have um, different cultures that have overlapped each other and the way that they kind of combine mm. to create like a new thing. Confusion. Yeah. And I mean, I used to say that I like that was one of my least favorite types of cuisine when somebody would say like, oh, it's fusion, because I think I had this like image of what people meant when they said that that was um not attractive to me, but when I think about it more in the way that it happens in LA, it's just because these people lived close to each other and they appreciate each other's cultures. So they kind of overlap the, their cooking and they overlap their style. And um, you have a lot of, I think, alliances and friendships between cultures in LA that are really um, unique and yeah, just good to know. <laughs> Is there a kind of, when you're like making observations in LA, where you, you look at something where it's maybe like the typical, per, the average person would be like, okay, this is just maybe like a school bus, or this is just something like very commonplace. And then you kind of like, you look at it more and you think about it more. And then in a sense, you're able to see beyond that. There's this term in, I'm thinking this Russian novel course, and this, this term called defamiliar, defamiliarization, um, where um, it's this writing technique where these Russian writers would, you know, paint a scene or describe something in a way from a new perspective that would make something that's common usually just brushed over. Be like, okay, I see that every day. As you, as a reader to take a second look at it and being like, okay, there must be like a deeper layer to that. Does does that ever happen to you? Um, you mean like with things that are sort of commonplace in LA, but they are somehow like specific to there? Is that? sort of what you mean <laughs> specific or like like nuanced but um beyond like the, the ordinary eye if that makes sense yeah i think so i mean i find that with um a lot with i mean if i'm getting it wrong uh please feel free to correct me but just like with the way um the slight differences in the way people talk like um because in some of my work like where i've tried to um like in 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 an exact case where I was recording my brother's voice as uh, part of this short that I was making, mm -hmm. um, when we were trying to figure out how if we should cast an actor to play my brother and just get them to read the words that he had said, but my feeling was that um, to me my brother has a really distinct way of talking that is really specific to this this area of LA and like Asian Asians that grew up around there mm. um, and I kind of couldn't imagine somebody else um, mimicking that and it not coming coming off wrong <laughs> so it's sort of like well um, I think if I'm going to be really specific we would have to get like an actor that is from like South LA, but they're an Asian dude and they grew up in South LA. So they kind of talk like they're from that area, but you know that they're like 
like an Asian dude. <laughs> uh, what was really funny was just the casting director that I was talking to because she grew up kind of in the same area, like knew exactly what I was talking about, but um, like agreed with me. It's like really hard to find that specific uh, sound. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you guys end up doing? Oh, we, I got to use him as a voice, thankfully, because, um, yeah, I think uh, we did get some really interesting, like, uh, audition tapes from people, but, um, yeah, they all kind of sounded like they were putting on, a like, an attitude, and I was like, it's not really, a, he doesn't have, like, an attitude, it's just, like, this this way of speaking. <laughs> it's subtle, it's subtle, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And especially since it's, like, your own brother, like, you're yeah. going to be able to tell <laughs> yeah. Um Kind of so talking about like <clears throat> talking about nuances like that um, and kind of trying to make these like little things, these little real world things um, portray well in animation or, or other forms like that. Um, it seems like like with with your show um, and other ones that I've seen as well, like um, I, I'm thinking even just now, like The Amazing World of Gumball, um, where they kind of have like real world places that they that the animated characters explore. Um, to me, that kind of seems like like as a way of um, creating content for children, seems like an awesome way to do it, where it's like these are real world settings that um especially for people who like if they grew up in L.A., they would easily know these things. Um kind of like bridging the gap between real and fantasy. And I think, I think you do that quite well. Um, but talking about like children, animation, education, everything like that. Um, I'm curious, like for educating your own children at home, um, what type of like exposure to animation like this do you give them or, or like art, everything like that? Like, what do you want your children to know? And how is that kind of like applied to um, your like creative process for making shows like this? Uh, usually everything I in the last projects that I've worked on, I think, is stuff that um, I'm happy for my children to know most of the time. Uh, I can't think of anything where I was like, not that. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, I think... Uh, you're right. It is. It is. It's really fun to make a show that's about a specific place. It's been fun to have um, people tell me that their kids are really excited to point out things that they recognize because of the show. Um, I think uh, I, I specifically had my son in mind when I was first making City of Ghosts because, uh, like, he's sort of sensitive the same way that I was sensitive when I was really little like just really sensitive to loudness and sounds and um, also just tension and stuff. So I think like my hope was to make this sh like shows or, you know, maybe my next show can also be this way where it's, it's more calming and it's kind of a different type of narrative than maybe uh, what we have a lot of now because it was so hard for me to find stuff that didn't have just sort of like the typical like it has to have a, like a story or like a moral and it has to have tension it has to have these things that um, were actually kind of a turn off for my son so um, yeah and I, I just really always tend to like really quiet um, introspective stories yeah like uh, I'm thinking now like uh, Joe Para 
talks with you, I think is what it's called. Um, shows like that, I think are gaining popularity where it's um, kind of a break from like the mind numbing content that we get on social media. Like even like I'm, I'm um, easily drawn to that as well. Like I keep getting just like random monkey videos on my Instagram feed and they're so entertaining, but I'm not learning anything from it. Um, but yeah, having stuff like this out on Netflix um, and on other mediums like that as well. Um, it's, it's just really awesome. And um, like myself, I grew up watching shows like uh, Adventure Time and I love those shows, but I think I would have also loved watching this growing up. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> Speaking of what, what is your experience on like the sets of these these shows and, and, and or movies like in the B movie? Like what is it like working with teams and how does it all come together? I'm just super interested in the entire process. Um, it some, It's usually really chaotic at some point. Uh, more chaotic than you would probably expect. Um, but I don't know. I think uh, e each thing has different ways that they came together. I think the B-movie, um, a lot of it had to do with like Jerry Seinfeld and mm -hmm. and all of that. But uh, And DreamWorks itself is also just each studio is sort of a different entity, like a different vibe. It's kind of like um, universities or colleges, you know, like you go visit them and every university kind of has its thing and it's different vibe that you get from it and whether, you know, whether or not you fit there. I think um, if we think of it kind of like that, probably Adventure Time was like the best fit for me out of a lot of shows that I had worked on prior to that. Um, also, I mean, this is getting into like maybe the bit, the, when you have a job side of it, but, uh, working on a movie is a lot of a, a different feeling than working on like a TV show. Um, cause usually TV shows, you, you have a lot more, um, just minutes that you're working on, um, and a lot more episodes. So the, the speed of it moves a, a lot faster. Um, sometimes the workload can be a little bit. Uh, heavier but that's also changed a little bit because movies um, sort of went through their own uh, crisis if you will like after the after the pandemic or during during the current pandemic where <laughs> whatever point you you think we're at at this point um, I think they all usually get made just by like people um, managing to do an okay job at working with other people and and uh, like um, a lot of times somebody at the top is really good at like a good manager of people or they're just kind of uh, I don't know like they're, they're in tune with each other as far as art goes like I think that was one of the really successful things about Adventure Time was a lot of us had the same sense of humor and we got along with each other, so I think um, that's reflected in in the project. I think a lot of people enjoyed the same the same kinds of things, um, and similar for City of Ghosts. I think a lot of the people that uh, I worked with uh, were really collaborative and just open, and so it 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 kind of allows for there to be um, this beautiful show that comes out of it. What did that creative process look like when you're just like? Did everyone kind of like get? a sheet of paper go home like brainstorm and then come back the next day meet and then kind of like hash it out or exactly uh, does that was, look like it was kind of a process like i mean honestly for me first 
was finding out how documentaries are made because I had never made a documentary. So um, it was kind of for me starting with that because I think most animated shows usually they're you know written first, like all the dialogue and everything that's going to happen, and somebody will take either that script or that um, premise that's a few pages long, and they'll they'll draw it out in storyboards and figure out how that's all going to happen. Um, with this type of process, it was um, probably closer to like a journalism type thing or to like just reality shows maybe, even though I know those are also written. But uh, yeah, and then it was, it was a lot of, you know, getting, um, telling my documentary producer what I wanted a certain episode to be about. And then she would kind of get information <laughs> to me about different people I could talk to. Um, I would start to put that together in the form of like maybe this could be a character that was in the story and they could um, interact in this way. Uh, that's all really vague, but I mean, um, if you watch the show, it kind of makes sense because <laughs> it's sort of how it takes place. But um, yeah, and I think a lot of what was helpful was just ha to have like an overall framing device that was like, the show is supposed to be as if like these kids made this documentary show. So I think that always sort of helped, um, helped us to figure out like how to, how to put that together in the right way. Gotcha. That makes sense. So something I'm, I'm curious about, um, so you, you've had a lot of success in, in this field now. Um, I think it can be daunting to a lot of people who are like, like, oh, I enjoy writing, um, doing creative type work, but I know I'm never going to like make money doing it. So I'm just going to stick with something else. Um, and I think I'm, I'm kind of like that way sometimes as well. I'm like, oh, I'm doing government and public policy. I'll just work in DC, even though I like doing creative things as well. Um, with new mediums, um, relatively new, like YouTube, where people can just like film something relatively cheap, just using their phone or whatever and upload it. Um, even with like uh, meta now and the metaverse. Um, and I think this is kind of like a recurring topic now on the show. I think we've mentioned the metaverse a few times. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, I saw that you had, um, I think it was on your website. Uh, you talked somewhat about your interest in um, putting the mall stories project somewhere in the metaverse. And when I was watching that, I was like, I was like, yeah, I, like I could see this being something I can like walk around and explore like a little like virtual mall. Um, what do you think of, of something like that? Like the metaverse being used as, as the next creative medium for um, animation? Um, I mean, I, I guess if I'm speaking specifically about the metaverse, the thing, the thing that I don't, um, I don't know if it's not like, it's just that I'm, I'm, it surprises me that it's not um, a more imaginative space. <laughs> I think that's why my biggest gripe is like, because you know, if you if you think of something like mall stories, like uh, I think my hope would be there could be like it's not a metaverse. It's like you you're either in that that space or you're in whatever other spaces people are creating. Like so, I think my my thought was. Oh, it'd be sweet if that was, it was its own thing. Like you could, oh, you guys are hanging out in the metaverse. So I'm going to go to the mall and go to the food court or something or just sit around, honestly. Because um, some of the, some of the, t the thing that I'm excited about is that it is really 
easy, continually easier for people to make um, whatever they want to make. Like uh, in addition to just like having access to YouTube and things like that on your phone, it's like being able to um, go to like a public library and do a lot of things uh, like at no cost that um, used to sort of be prohibitively expensive and you couldn't really just go anywhere and do it. Uh, so, I mean, like, I'm kind of excited for everything that we can do, um, that is even better than what the corporations <laughs> are providing us access to, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Like my, my thought is like, I just wish there was a way for me to make the metaverse like the the way some video games are where it's like a it's a fantastical environment so why can't i go to a meeting like in another world instead of in like a meeting room that's <laughs> <laughs> yeah. cg you know right right like some like s totally imaginative like place like on, yeah. on the moon or something like not well, like maybe like even more imaginative than that yeah um, i mean it, maybe it's the same feeling when people get bitmojis from people you know <laughs> you're kind of like okay yeah. i guess this kind of looks like you but like it's not very funny right. <laughs> <You> <laughs> <know>? <laughs> unfortunately this um we're running low on time so it's gonna be our final question um all of our listeners as i said before you know we don't really know what we want to do. There's, there's a lot of stuff out there and that, you know, kind of what Nathan mentioned earlier as well. What is one piece of advice or wisdom that, that you would give our students here today? Uh, my one piece of advice, I guess, would be don't, don't lose hope <laughs> about stuff. Uh, I think... I would just say that because lately animation is the industry has been in a rough spot. So I think um, I would hate for that to discourage anybody from thinking um, there's no there's no path to doing that as like a creative art form <laughs> anymore. I think I think it will always exist and we'll always be able to do it. And like big studios might not be that open to stuff right now, but it doesn't mean. Um, it doesn't mean you should lose hope about doing your projects and doing your things. Like it, it should have no effect on like your own ability to create the things that you want to create. Heard it here first. Do what you're passionate about. Yeah, that's all amazing advice. And I also, uh, to any listeners as well, like, um, I, I used to just make like flip books as well, uh, that I would just like staple paper together and you just flip through it. So that's like the lowest barrier of entry for animation really. So, uh, maybe try that, check it out, do some animation. Unfortunately, that is all the time that we have here today. Thank you again so much, Elizabeth, for joining us today. And to all of our listeners, remember to stay hungry. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks, Elizabeth. Thank you, guys. That was really fun. <laughs>